So today we're going to be talking to one of our naturopaths and PAT practitioners, Stephen Judge, about a condition that we um, see in the clinic quite often called chronic fatigue. So Stephen, do you mind starting off with what do food intolerances have to do with chronic fatigue and why do we see it so much in the clinic? Yeah, no worries, Jess. So we know that one of the most common manifestations of food intolerances uh, and allergies is fatigue mm-hmm. and so this fatigue tiredness brain fog malaise this general feeling of sluggishness yeah both physically and mentally feeling so run is, down yeah mm-hmm. it's a classic sign of food intolerances and people uh, expressing that they feel like this after eating meals every day yeah just can't pinpoint which foods but so you know we meet clients every day who come in and they are struggling to pinpoint these foods and that after eating meals, they're extremely tired and foggy-headed. Mm. And so one of the other primary symptoms of someone who struggles with persistent and chronic fatigue or someone diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome is IBS or mm. this general gut dysfunction, sluggish digestion. And while conventional physicians may try and simply palm this off as stress, so both the fatigue and the gut issues, um, it's actually a lot of the time food allergies and or food intolerances that can in fact be a significant cause of this chronic and persisting fatigue. Yeah. So a classic scenario we see here is that clients with chronic fatigue who may also be experiencing uh, very frequent headaches and this feeling of malaise and flu-like body aches and pain and gut issues... A lot of people have tried to put it down to they think it's a recurrent viral thing and an immune system issue and they have weak immunity. Mm. But what's in fact going on is they're eating foods that they're unknowingly intolerant and or allergic to every day. And so these foods they're ingesting every day are obviously affecting their cognition and their energy levels. And interestingly, food intolerances do appear to affect two to three times more women Sorry, they affect women two to three times more commonly mm. than men. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, mm. and women are a lot more prone to chronic fatigue syndrome mm-hmm. as well. Mm. So similarly in children, you know, uh, kids may be complaining of recurrent headaches and, you know, being unusually fatigued for a child. They may also have very sore tummies and very irritable or hyperactive. Um, again, this is very commonly due to unidentified food intolerances and allergies. And it can be even more complicated in atopic patients since mm. allergies and intolerances do often coexist. Yeah. Um, so testing and treating is really important. Yeah. And cuts to the chase and saves a lot of uh, time and energy. Elimination diets, etc. Yeah. yeah. And so with food intolerances and fatigue, I guess the, you know, what, so what do food intolerances have to do with fatigue? Mm. How it ends up affecting people so dramatically, the link here has to do with the role of our gut microbiome and our gut-brain axis mm-hmm. in the development of chronic fatigue. And so we see this here so much in the clinic because the amount of people, because of the amount of people who are struggling with chronic gut issues or even just people who have very subtle digestive symptoms, they might have the occasional bloating, cramping, sluggish bowels, but these can still be a major underlying cause of people's food mm. intolerances. Mm. Yeah. Can you elaborate a bit more on how the gut microbiome and the um, gut-brain axis, like how can they lead to issues with food allergies and intolerances? 
Yeah, so this is an absolutely fascinating topic. And, you know, the idea that many health issues come down to the quality of our digestive function and our gut health is not new amongst Eastern philosophies like traditional Chinese medicine or Indian Ayurvedic medicine. And it's certainly not a new concept amongst naturopathic medicine practitioners. Yeah. And so research into the gut microbiome and the gut-brain axis now continues to grow and, you know, provides very specific insights into what's going on here and making these links between gut and immune issues, allergies and intolerances and fatigue, like we're discussing, and even other aspects of health, like our mental health. Yeah. So with chronic fatigue specifically, researchers are are observing abnormal levels of specific gut bacteria. So, for example, they observe high levels of bacteroides, which produce highly inflammatory gut endotoxins, and these drive gut inflammation and leaky gut. And then relative to this, uh, people with chronic fatigue tend to have much lower levels of fecalobacterium, which is Mm. one of the most important beneficial species in the gut that are anti-inflammatory. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, so Mm. there's kind of this imbalance of bacteria where, you know, the good and the bad in a very simplistic way um, of describing it. And so the relevance and importance of, you know, these gut bacteria being imbalanced, which is what we call gut dysbiosis, is that this gut dysbiosis ultimately can lead to leaky gut Mm. or the medical term is intestinal hyperpermeability. And because we now understand that there is this bi-directional kind of two-way communication between the gut and the brain, uh, which is affected by these specific bacteria and the metabolites they produce. So, you know, the brain can either be being affected by the highly inflammatory Mm -hmm. metabolites or the anti-inflammatory ones, depending on the bacteria sitting there. Um, But depending on this, we know that underlying gut issues can be one of the major physical causes of chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so what does all this have to do with food intolerances? Well, food intolerances tend to classically be the result of this gut dysbiosis and leaky gut. Or you know, people can develop food intolerances due to an imbalance of gut bacteria and then constantly eating the foods you're intolerant to on a daily basis worsen the leaky gut. Yeah, it's like a cycle. Yes. So because people with chronic fatigue have such altered digestive and gut microbiome function, and as a result of having multiple food intolerances or allergies, which are all over the place, you know, a core part of treating and overcoming chronic fatigue is to test for and treat your individual intolerances or allergies. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can take all these supplements and do all this lifestyle stuff, which is really important. But I mean, if you're just eating the foods that are triggering your symptoms every day, um, you're not only going to get so far. Yeah. So it's great for people to take the guesswork out and deal with them as quickly as possible and get some energy back yep. so that they can, you know, essentially have more energy so uh-huh. they can commit more to the lifestyle and other strategies that are important for healing to get the underlying gut healing going yeah because it's tricky to make you know good dietary changes and exercise more and you know fix your routine when you feel (laughs) so chronically fatigued so what are the symptoms of chronic fatigue syndrome Mm. that many people are diagnosed with when they have this like persistent fatigue and the doctors can't seem to figure out why yeah so there's a main 
cluster of symptoms people experience alongside this persistent chronic fatigue when they get diagnosed with true chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm -hmm. So these symptoms classically are people who regularly have very sore throats, they have unexplained muscle and or joint pain. Mm -hmm. uh, they tend to be very prone to tender and swollen lymph nodes, like at the neck and the armpits. Um, they very classically have gut issues like IBS. I think the statistic is 90% wow. people with chronic fatigue. Jeez, yes, yeah. Have gut issues. Again, they both have a gut-brain axis. Yeah. Like, uh, recurrent headaches or, or migraines, very common. Classically, despite eight to 10 hours of sleep, People feel very unrefreshed after sleep. They might have chronic insomnia. Uh, people with chronic fatigue regularly feel very dizzy and lightheaded, especially when they stand up. And so these are kind of the main symptoms, but the really, really common symptom that uh, comes alongside any sort of chronic and persistent fatigue is this brain fog. This uh, brain fog and poor memory and concentration that's you know, it's a big sign of undiagnosed and untreated food intolerances mm -hmm. particularly. Yeah. We see this a lot in practice and alongside the fatigue, it's the, this brain fog. It's probably one of the main symptoms people come in mm. uh, that they are bothered about and want to get rid of. Yeah. Because this brain fog and mental fatigue, it's affecting their ability to concentrate at work or school. Yeah get things done, they're struggling to find words, they don't feel like they're completely here. It's like this constant or intermittent mental fatigue that's really awful. Yeah. They can't figure out which foods. They often have very poor memory, especially in the short term. Yeah. And another key sign that food intolerance is maybe driving your fatigue and brain fog is if you seem to be doing everything right. Mm. You know, you're trying to eat well, you're getting a lot of sleep, you're trying to manage your stress but you still have this constant, mysterious fatigue and brain fog. This is classically a food intolerance yeah. or food allergy mm. issue. Because a lot of these food intolerances can happen even if you're on a healthy diet. Like yeah. salicylates and amines, which we've talked about a lot, um, are in all these kind of foods as well. Yeah, and particularly chronic fatigue, I've found clinically histamine intolerance yeah. is a huge one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, like we've discussed in previous podcasts, histamine is in really healthy foods. Yeah. And fermented foods. It's not um, a junk food. Like, no, it's not a junk food thing. Yeah. yeah. Avocado, tomato, mm. citrus, eggplant, uh, most nuts, mm. dairy. Like, it's in so much leftover meat. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so mm. it's frustrating when, you know, in reality, many people are struggling to get good sleep mm. and reduce stress anyway because they mm. feel so run down. Yeah. So that becomes a vicious cycle. Yeah. Even more frustrating when they can't figure out which foods or food chemicals they're intolerant to. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Driver keeps driving the brain fog, yeah. 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 Um, so we've got a lot of comments and questions from clients around sort of what is the popular term on the internet, I guess, and in natural medicine circles called adrenal fatigue. So is there a relationship with adrenal fatigue and chronic fatigue and even food intolerances? Yeah, there is. Um, but I guess I'd love to touch on this, actually, because the medic the term adrenal fatigue has been around for a while. Okay. And it's typically considered a bit of a nonsense term by conventional medical <laughs> circles. Mm -hmm. But so what I ex like to explain to clients and to many people is that adrenal fatigue is real, but we just need to get rid of the name. Mm. Um, it's a bit outdated. What we should actually be calling it and how it is described in the medical literature 
in being related to allergies mm -hmm. and mental health and fatigue. Mm -hmm. It's actually called HPA axis dysfunction. Okay, so what's that? Well, it basically means that this HPA axis, so this is known as the hypothalamic pituitary and adrenal axis. Mm -hmm. So the hypothalamus is a center uh, part of the brain which responds to the pituitary gland, which, is, which sends the signal to the adrenal gland. So this is the HPA axis. And so this is what governs or outputs our stress response. So mm -hmm. it's kind of the brain signaling to these glands to pump out our stress hormones. It's like a fight or flight kind yeah. of response, yeah. Yeah, so it's responsible for uh, eliciting that. Yeah. So when we're stressed or anxious, um, you know, in reality or as a result of mental health issues, um, the HPA axis is what causes the release of cortisol mm -hmm. and adrenaline, so okay. the famous, infamous cortisol. Yeah. Right? And so over time, if we are chronically stressed and we're chronically overactivating our HPA axis, mm -hmm. what happens is this axis or network, it becomes dysregulated. And so it's not so much the adrenals kind of tire out and stop working. It's yeah. this whole network which becomes dis dysregulated. Yeah. And so what happens when this HPA axis is dysregulated is we can start to put out way too much cortisol mm. or more very uncommonly, very little. Okay, so it can go either way. Yeah, but mm, much mostly. more commonly we start to put out way too much cortisol because yep. what's happened is when the adrenals release cortisol, that should signal back to the hypothalamus, the brain centre, to stop. Like a feedback system. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. But so when you've pumped out so much over a period of time because you're chronically stressed or anxious, where we basically become desensitised to our own stress hormones. So it pumps out more and more and more and more to try and keep up. Mm. And this whole feedback loop becomes completely dysregulated. Mm. So it's not so much a case of the adrenals fatiguing yeah. due to too much. It's more that the axis and the network becomes dysfunctional and the adrenals actually just kind of stay on overdrive. Mm. And because because we're desensitized to our own cortisol. Mm. And so this is why we see people becoming so addicted to stress, for example. Mm. Um, you know, we get stuck with our stress response being constantly switched yeah. on, which is stressful in itself. It keeps and, us in a loop. Yeah, a of course, it's a vicious yeah. cycle. Yeah. Okay, so what does this have to do with food intolerances or food allergies as well? Does it relate? Yeah. Yeah, well, first of all, so this constant cortisol output due to the HPA axis dysfunction um, this is directly inflammatory to the gut. This mm. is documented in medical research, mm -hmm. the effects of too much cortisol and what it does to the gut. Mm. Because, the, because we're too desensitised and we're pumping out so mm. much, what it can do is it can cause dysbiosis in the gut and yeah. eventually in some people, small intestinal bacterial mm. overgrowth. So the gut sort of ends up with the brunt of the work. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so as we discussed before, this disposes leaky gut. This is what paves the way for people to develop more food intolerances, mm. more food allergies. Yeah. So that's one important link. Um, another interesting link with regard to food allergies specifically is related to histamine. Mm -hmm. So allergic reactions involve the release of histamine. Mm -hmm. So this promotes an, an inflammatory response. Yeah, like the typical runny nose, yeah. itchy eyes, that kind of thing. And it's our body trying to flush out the allergen. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's functional, but yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yep. no, the body responding to a stressor, basically. Yeah. So the allergen comes in the body. Um, 
the body releases histamine to promote inflammation. Mm -hmm. And so when histamine is released, the more the histamine that's released into the body, Mm -hmm. the more cortisol it takes to control this inflammatory Mm -hmm. response because cortisol is anti-inflammatory. So then the body starts pumping out more cortisol. Yes. So the adrenals have to work harder and harder and harder Mm -hmm. the more histamine that's being released Mm -hmm. due to an allergy or an intolerance. Yeah. And so it has to produce more and more cortisol. Mm. So it just feeds into each other, yeah. Yeah, mm. so like because it's pumping out so much cortisol more than it should be, yeah. again, it comes back to this dysfunction of the HPA axis mm. because we're so desensitized to our own cortisol. Mm. So it's with allergies in particular, they can kind of perpetuate chronic fatigue. And actually, allergies are listed as a a predisposing risk factor uh-huh. to developing chronic fatigue Later syndrome. In life, yeah. So it's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so anyone who's experiencing food allergies or food intolerances, you know, consuming foods that you're knowingly or unknowingly allergic or intolerant to, it just, you know, essentially it's all linked. It's going to drive, continue to drive fatigue and brain fog because yeah. the immune system is suppressed and struggling to deal with the affecting foods. They're affecting the gut. The gut makes the fatigue worse. Yeah. It's the gut it's is affecting worse. the brain fog. Yeah. yeah. So this is basically how it's all connected. Yeah. So when people do come in to see us and they may have other symptoms going mm-hmm. on, they may have gut issues, they may have eczema, mm-hmm. they may have hay fever. Yeah. But even so, many people come in and their priority, yeah. what's bothering them the most is chronic fatigue. It's the most debilitating. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or some people may come in and say that they have adrenal fatigue mm-hmm. or whatever. Either way, the forefront of treatment with fatigue mm-hmm. is testing for and treating and figuring out what people's individual food allergies and intolerances mm-hmm. are because mm-hmm. they'll continue to drive their symptoms. Like I said before, there's some great supplements and some great gut mm-hmm. work that needs to be done, but yeah. you've got to remove gotta take the edge and treat yeah. and you know, train the body to be able to handle mm-hmm. Uh, the foods they're reacting to again. Yeah. So I guess that's where we kind of come in with the treatments we do at the clinic, um, which are called positive association technique, if you're not familiar with it. Um, But basically we use a form of muscle testing or kinesiology to find out which substances, food substances you are reacting to. And that includes your food chemicals like salicylates, amines, histamine, all that kind of thing. Um, And then we do a natural allergy treatment to basically help to retrain your body to no longer react to these substances. So it just helps with that whole histamine loop um, Mm -hmm. as well as taking the stress of the immune system which can be such a big factor in this yeah yeah and i will Mm -hmm. highlight specifically with chronic fatigue syndrome what Mm -hmm. we do um see a lot of people get dramatic improvements once we treat wheat and gluten yeah that's definitely a big factor because of Mm -hmm. the link with the gut brain axis and how gluten and wheat uh affect gut permeability and leaky gut and even people who are generally avoiding it anyway it's Mm -hmm. just hidden in so many foods and you know these people who, if they have a little bit, they're flawed yeah. for days. Yeah, it can make a big difference. Yeah, yeah. so getting it treated, if they accidentally do have it, um, mm. they're not flawed. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so if you do have any questions, if you're struggling with chronic fatigue or food reactions or any of the things that we have talked about, um, please feel, feel free to get in touch via our website, which is naturalallergytreatment.com.au. You can also give us a call on, um, if you're in Australia, it's 1300 853 or if you're in New Zealand, the number is 09 479 5997. All right, thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Jess.